You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 39. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, DerekAndSteve.com. They and it's bummer because they can't win. Like you, you can't break a curse <laughs> if you're supposed to win. You just can't. That's not how it works. Derek and Steve present. We've made some very long out World Series picks, and I actually took the Indians to make it to the World Series. Do you remember who I picked? Or maybe took the Rays. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia question number one. Clue number one. Clue number one. Question number one. The same thing. <laughs> bone zone. <laughs> the bone zone. The is bone correct. zone. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 39 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek, alongside Steve. Steve, I don't have a question for you today. I'll, get, I'll pass it back to you for the questions if you have one. Oh, wow. You can't put me on the spot like I know, that. I know, I know. But but for the first like 30 episodes, I said, what's going on? That's so. true. And I said, not much. Doing but, well. Yeah. So um, if you don't have one, it's fine. We have yeah, a great episode today. Certainly so. don't have one. Um, if you gave me any sort of preparation, I would have one. Um... <laughs> But I say we move on. Yeah, yeah so let's, let's on get started. We, we do have, have one of our best, best episodes, episodes in, a while. in a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth after I said them. That was yeah. awesome. Um, so we have a great episode today. We don't really have a, a quarter slash period structure. We're, we're ditching that. Well, we're not ditching it. We're, we're ditching just, it. For we're, today. We're, we're we're doing some experimental segments, yes. and I think you're gonna love them. I think you're gonna love them too. So, uh, really, today, just to, we we like to give you an idea of what's coming in the episode. So I will say. There's one, there's one constant, which is the sports segment. We will have it still. We have that as our second segment today. Mm-hmm. Surrounded around that is all new segments that we're trying out for the first time. Um, now, the first one is about Boston College, and it's not necessarily new. We're going to get to it soon, but it's something that we're thinking about leading off the podcast with every week. We'll yes. get to that momentarily. Uh, after the sports segment, which is after that, uh, we will get to two new games that we have. Games. Fun, fun games. Fun we're games. Gonna, we're going to enjoy. Yes. So those are going to be coming up. That's Know Your Tens and Who Done Did It. Those are our two games that we have today. Uh, so you're going to get to those after the sports section. And then beyond that, we'll have some television like we usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another, I guess, constant that we're going to have. So sports and TV are still here. But more than half of the episode is probably based around new things. So without further ado, let's get into the first segment, which is the Boston College segment. So I'll let you kick it off and say what we're thinking here as we move forward sure. and we get into some of the subject matter. So the idea behind this segment was um, that we're looking to sell out as fast as possible. <laughs> we're, we're looking to, to literally monetize this ASAP. Um, so we thought, you know, it would be a decent idea. Most of our listeners are BC grads, BC gold alumni, graduates of the last decade. We should, and there's no actual, there's no good communication between the alumni group and the alumni, I feel, besides emails or phone calls from students asking for money. Um, so we thought, you know, why don't we reach out to BC and say we could be a BC alumni podcast or at least have a segment dedicated to stuff that you want us to get out to the alumni. Um, it's not going to take up too much time. So if you're not a BC alumni, we will we, literally blow past it every yeah. week. Um, but that was the idea behind it. We'll just touch on some quick stuff um, and hopefully we can... Uh, get recognized by VC. Yeah. I've already reached out to a few people, and we're kind of on the path to doing it, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, so we're and, giving it a shot. And, and you know, the other thing is that this will a little bit substitute for but BC Sports almost. Um, I don't want to say substitute yeah. because we're Wait. not we're not going to ditch BC Sports, but I know a lot of you hear us talk about BC, and we want to talk about BC because we're BC grads. And all we have ever talked about with BC is is their football team, and and, and we've team. been pretty harsh. Yes, we we, we're going to have to lighten up a bit. We will. Yes. If any 
BC donors or actual BC yes. football fans are listening. We do. And so on that note, the best news coming out of BC didn't play this weekend. I know. So no they, losses. So no losses this yeah. weekend. So uh, that's an incredibly optimistic note. And uh, besides that, like we said, a lot of you who didn't go to BC, you know, hate when we talk about BC sports. So that's fine. Ironically, probably the worst week for us to start the BC update <laughs> is the week we don't have a football game. But that's why we're filling but it, it with maybe, this information. But it could be so, the best week, too. Um, one thing... I will mention is um, for the football team is is this true? We this are is a, true. We this are a true. six point we are favorite. A six point favorite this against week. Syracuse. That's how the line opened. Um, I cannot say that that line will stay that way. I no. can't imagine how it was. I'm that taking way. the line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taking Syracuse. That is incredible because Syracuse beat Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech, who beat us 49, 49 to zero. Yes. Now I know it's. Sports don't work that way. I understand that. Sports don't work like this guy beat this guy, this guy beat this guy, so therefore he's the best team in the league. It doesn't yeah. work that way. But to be a six-point favorite is is, mu- is is shocking to me. Um, I want to know what they're looking at. Like I want because that that's semi-optimism. Like I want to be able to find what they saw there and say that's the reason we're going to win this week and kind of adopt yeah, it as my own. I agree. And Vegas usually knows. Vegas it's, Vegas yeah. usually has good, like. Vegas is generally That's what I'm saying. Good. They know something that I don't see right now, and I want to know what it is yeah. so I can latch onto it. Yeah. Maybe we're starting Wade. Does, do they know that? I, that's a great question. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Either way, um, that's coming up next week. BC Syracuse at home. Uh, 1 o'clock start, 12 o'clock start? 12.30 start. 12.30 start. Um, upcoming events for BC in New England. Uh, we have, and I'm just reading this off those emails that you probably delete, but Speed Networking on Brighton Campus, Cadigan Alumni Center. Uh, that's the 18th. Tonight, if you're listening. That's tonight, if you're listening. Yeah. Head over to Brighton yeah. uh, at 6.30 <laughs> and do some speed networking. Um, otherwise, uh, football-related, we have the Fan Fest starts on the 21st this weekend and goes all the way through November 19th, and that's when they turn the Plex into like a family-friendly atmosphere. I think they give out bobbleheads and all that good stuff. Um, then Military Appreciation Day is uh, BC football on the 5th, November 5th versus Louisville, so... A lot of, and usually we we do some uniform stuff. Like I think we'll we'll wear those uh, yeah. American flag uniforms. I don't know if we did last year. I don't think we did last year. I'm, but we've yeah. worn them before, um, and they're actually pretty cool. So yeah. uh, on the on the fifth of November, you should be wearing all your American flag gear, even though we're gonna get walloped <laughs> by Louisville. <laughs> and then the uh, annual alumni memorial mass this year is the sixth, the day after that um, appreciation day at eleven a.m. in the Newton campus Trinity Chapel. Um, none of these, unfortunately, besides Military Appreciation Day, I will be attending. <laughs> but I thought that was a nice way to yeah, kick well, off the BC alumni. Yeah, and, and like you said, this is the this is the first go of it. We've we've reached out to a few people to see if yeah. we can we can do this. It, ironically, uh, one of our guests later, Murph, um, who we've had on several times, uh, I had mentioned this before that his parents actually had suggested to us a long time ago that we should leverage this, that we should see if we can reach out to the BC alumni community and and get you know become their podcast de facto, I guess, you know, not that, like we said, there's BC interruption that's out there and a lot of people don't love BC interruption guys. No, they're no great, one likes it. They're a great sports uh, source for news yes. for, for knowing what's they, going they on, but nobody likes, follow, everyone follow hates sports. their takes because they have terrible takes on yeah. everything. Um, so, you know, there, there's no podcast out there for BC alumni. So yeah. th- this is, this is a piece of the market that's open. We're going to, we're going to see if we can, if we can approach Fill it avoid. And, 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 you know, Hey, and we would like to do it because, yeah. because we're BC grads. So, yeah. Uh, that's really it. just an update on that. It's just something. If you guys have ideas, if you have uh, 
uh, BC related events that you're trying to pitch. If you have, even if they're not BC related, if you're a BC grad and you have something going on, you can always put that spin on it. That is, this is a BC grad that's doing something great. Mm-hmm. You know, we had uh, Boston tweet on who's you know yeah. got the background there. So, and if you're not a BC grad, it's only going to be one segment and we're probably going to fly through it and there's exactly. not going to be much information anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so you don't have to worry about that either. Yeah. So, so just cruise right through it. That's perfect. Cause see, yeah, look, look at this. I mean, we've we're done. done. It's been eight minutes, Goodbye. eight minutes of the podcast and we're already done with that. Yeah. So, so there good. you go. Section one is done. BC sports, uh, BC update in general. So it brings us to section two, which is sports. So now we will get into the main sports topics. Try not to delay too long on them, but because I want to get to those games, I do too. I do. The, the games are fun. This is like when, this is like when you have to do your homework first, and then you can like go play video games. That's yes. what that like sections one and two for us are our homework. So okay. we have to. Well, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, the, the, but the games are fun though. The games sure, are fun. but I don't so want. It's all comparative. They're all fun, but like homework's fun, Steve. It's, oh gosh, it's education. Let's move um, on. Hurry. <laughs> so uh, section two, sports. Uh, you have some breaking news that you put here, so I'm going to let breaking you Breaking news. This is you heard it here first, unless you've been uh, paying attention to, I don't know, I guess, I don't even know what we call this. I guess merchandise. Yeah, merchandising. Today, but um, Under Armour has won the MLB jersey contract. Uh, that's their first major sporting um, professional, mer- professional league. league merchandise contract um, that they've won. They, they bid on the NBA last year, lost out to Nike. But they did win um, MLB jerseys. New era will still be the hats. Oh, interesting. Yep. So starting in 2020, all MLB jerseys will be Under Armour, and they get to do what they want to change the jerseys. Mm. Um, similar to when we saw Nike switch over the NFL jerseys, we don't. I don't expect much to change. Yeah. Um, but they did change over the Seahawks and the Bucks, and I think they're in development like every few years to throw to roll out a new one. Um, and they did some good things. They did some bad things, but. I think it's overall a good thing for baseball because at least it means, I don't know, baseball's so stuffy and boring. I think Under Armour is not that company, yeah. Um, yeah. so I think that that'll be good for baseball. It'll be a great clash for baseball, too, because baseball is so traditionalist, as we've as we've talked about. Um, I'm really intrigued to see what kind of pushback Under Armour will get from, some, from certain franchises. Uh, I know plenty of franchises will have a lot of pushback if Under Armour tries to change their change the core of their uniform look Yankees Red Sox um, Yankees Red Sox I, th- I think there's a lot more than that too. yeah I, I think I think baseball is Stupid. you know full of teams that would be unwilling to change their uniforms so uh in, alternate uniforms are different you know Red Sox have rolled out a few, a few alternates the Yankees I don't think have any alternate the Yankees have never seen wear alternates um or at least not frequently at all so I mean th- there's going to be teams that have pushback on that but it's it's good to see it's it's interesting that they didn't get the full package though I'm actually surprised by that they didn't yeah. get the hats I know new era is very established but you would think that you'd get the whole uniform when it's and, just a jersey and a And hat. I read the article, and it didn't. It wasn't like Under Armour takes control of MLB jerseys; they will be distributing all jerseys. It was. It was like all merchandise besides the hat. Yeah. So like I mean, pants. They were. I don't know what else it could yeah. be, but I guess cleats or pants or socks. Oh, yeah, I guess everything. Gloves, yeah. maybe. I don't know. But I it, mean, in the NBA, for example, you can't wear like shooting sleeves that are off-brand, or else mm-hmm. you get fined. And, and a lot of players actually just accept it and get fined, but. Um, but so yeah, I mean it's interesting. I I guess the hats do have a new era has been the hat for a long time, and new era is like they're the hat guys. I guess like they yeah. don't do anything else. Besides I wonder hats, if so. there's an actual difference in new era hat like material or, or patent because like, yeah. you have to patent stuff like that. Yeah. So is an Under Armour hat different for than a new era? I was about hat? to say I if, actually got an Under Armour hat recently, and I think it's really good. Really? I think it's I think it's well structured, well fitting. You know, wow. when you said that, I actually was like, oh, I'm interested to see what the new hats are. And then you said new era is still the same hat. So yeah. either way, that's interesting uh, news to note. 
additionally, in baseball, I guess somewhat more important is uh, the NLCS and the ALCS, oh, yeah. which is going on right now. So uh, Cleveland is playing right now against Toronto. We won't know the result of that game, so we don't even need to bother discussing the game tonight. But Cleveland is up 2-0, mm-hmm. uh, and Cleveland still has not lost a game as of the time we're speaking in these playoffs, which is remarkable. I mean, I mean, this is a team that's been decimated with injuries. They lost their number two starter. They've, you know, people wrote them off. People wrote them off before they faced the Red Sox, and people wrote them off somewhat before they faced the Jays, not to the same extent after they swept Boston. But either way, Cleveland on a roll right now, and we <laughs> had some clips earlier about us projecting Cleveland to go pretty far this yes. year. And maybe it's the year of Cleveland. So as of we're talking right now, they're winning 4-2. to two. So they could go up 3 nothing in this series. Can Cleveland go all the way this year? I think they can go all the way without losing a game. They are I don't know what it is, but they are playing unbelievable. Unbelievably, I guess. I don't but, think they can go all the way without losing a game. Okay, well, so far so good. I mean, they're So the one thing is they've been fighting through adversity very well, which we talked about. Yeah. And another thing happened tonight or or last night if you're if you're listening on Tuesday. Uh Tre- Trevor Bauer, their starting pitcher, has he cut his hand updating a drone that he owns, like cut his hand really badly and had yeah. stitches. Start was pushed back a few days to last night, um, and his hand in the first inning started bleeding profusely, like gross. Uh, they had to they had to eject him in the first inning. He couldn't pitch anymore. Now they've got from the first inning to the ninth inning have to extend because you can't throw a starter in there because he's not ready. So you have to extend uh, th- this game by nine innings with just your relievers, and then everyone gets stressed out for further games. So. Yeah. This game is very, very important, um, yeah. and I they're up four two now. I guess it's it's a moot point to talk about it, but so far the fact that they're they're getting through past all these adversities, being the Cleveland Indians yeah. who kind of have no history of of being clutch or no history <laughs> of being good, even uh, it's pretty yeah. impressive. And I, I'm like I said, I'm not picking them obviously to go all the way without a loss, a but, loss, but they're playing spectacularly. And yeah. I, I, I don't know, I'm I'm all look, in. Look, if there was going to be a team to go up against these Cubs. And keep this curse going. This looks like the team that would. This looks like a curse breaker team. Yes, this team that has no business being here on paper. That I mean, I shouldn't say that they they do have great pitching, but with their injury situation heading into the playoffs and just just their lineup just isn't. You're not scared of anyone in their lineup. Literally, I don't think one guy. Are you terrified? Mike Napoli. Mike Napoli, I guess. But I mean, he batted for pretty low average this year. There's no real like. This guy rakes yeah, in that lineup. There's no Mike Trout, and there's no one. And and even pitching wise, I mean, they have Kluber, who's a former Cy Young winner. But I mean, starting starting pitchers wise, they're not like world beaters here. Now they do have maybe two, two best relievers in the game mm-hmm. right now, anyway, and Andrew Miller and Cody Allen. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's this team is on a roll, it's, and one of the best managers in the game. And right now. I think the best manager in the game. I mean, obviously him and Madden are right up there. In fact. I think it'll be a great World Series if Cleveland faces the Cubs. It'll be fun think, because both of those managers don't really subscribe to the old school yes. way of baseball. They yes. like to throw pitchers in at random times. Yeah. They like to switch around their batting order a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to make you right for a great the, World the, Series. They're rubbing off on other managers, too. You saw the Dodgers bring in Jensen early last night. Um, and it paid off. And it paid off for them, and they won the game. So uh, you know that, that school of thought is rubbing off on other managers, and these two guys are leading the way on that. Uh, quickly to the Cubs, they are tied at one with the Dodgers here, who are putting up a fight. That you know, a lot of people have just written the Cubs into the World Series because of how good they've been. The Dodgers are are no if, joke here. Now, granted, they got Kershaw last night, so the Dodgers need to compete with the rest of their pitchers besides Kershaw. But and if you're John Bucigras, you've been retweeting your own tweets about oh God, how you picked them no, to win the World really? Series, and who? people are commenting on who, it. The Cubs, 
yeah, the Cubs. And people are coming like, dude, you picked the best team in the baseball to w- in baseball to win the World <laughs> Series, and now you're bragging about it. Yeah. Congratulations. Jeez. He's the worst. That That's brutal. So uh, so we'll see. Baseball's uh, looking fun right now, so we'll see if next week. I think the World Series might be set by the time we're It must be set by the time we're back next week, unless we maybe have a few Game 7s could still be going on. But, That'd be good. Um, so anyway, the... Uh, so that's going on there. Uh, then we go to the NFL. So we have a few topics to touch on in the NFL before we move on uh, to our fun games. So first, we'll start with uh, one of the bigger personalities in the NFL and something that will tie back in in one of our games coming up, mm-hmm. which is OBJ. He finally breaks out uh, eight catches for like 220 yards and a couple touchdowns. So ridiculous game. A lot of people had been starting to in the fantasy football world and also in in you know non-fantasy news as well. People starting to worry about OBJ's lack of production. Breaks out in a huge way. I want to know your thoughts on the celebration. So uh, two weeks ago, I think it was against, I, I believe it was when he got shut down by Xavier Rhodes. Not positive. But yes, he, it was. But a very frustrating game. Uh, goes back and he punches the kicking net and it just bounces back and hits him in the face. And it was a gift that was going viral on the internet. Yeah. So very frustrating. Uh, scores a touchdown in this game to win the game and proposes to the kicking net. Yeah. As my, my take on this is that he's so egotistical that it's obvious he's been thinking about this, the gif that he hit this kicking net and it hit him back in the head. And he's been so weirdly embarrassed by it or couldn't get past it that he had to incorporate it into yeah. not one, but two TD celebrations. One, he just ran and laid down in it and hugged it. The next one, he got down on one knee and proposed to it. And I think he thought he was being funny and like, look, it doesn't bother me. But instead it came off as like weirdly prepared and... <laughs> I don't know. It, it didn't strike me as something that was cool. He, he's usually a cool dude. He, he, this year, he's getting a lot of heat for yeah, his, his behavior his behavior on the yeah. field, and it's affecting not only him, but the players around him and his team and the momentum of the team. Um, had a few big drops, too. I know he had a great game, but he's still not he's still not lighting the world on fire like usual. He, he can obviously have a breakout game like this, 200 yards, few TDs, but um, I don't know. We're not seeing the exact same OD or OBJ, and I think it's because he's in his own head, which yeah, is definitely he's easy definitely to see. He's definitely overly emotional, for sure. And that, Always ha- that happens to guys like that. I, I mean, guys like that will go through this. He's still a young player. I mean, people forget that, too. He's, he's still, a, uh, he's, I would say he's still a very young player on the spectrum of what wide receivers play in the NFL. So I think, um, you know, I think it's to be expected. It's obviously a great sign for, for OBJ fans and Giants fans mm-hmm. for the game he had this past week. But I, I think you're right. It's he's He's very focused on on his image and the attention and you're I mean, right. a, a lot, it, it, it was prepared. It certainly was prepared. A lot I, of I NFL players are that. Yeah. If you make it, it to that level, you have to be, yeah, yeah, you have to be, but he's just kind of, he's always got this spotlight on him and he knows it yeah. and he's trying to accept it. And it's just yeah. like, feels weird and forced and it's not cool. Yeah. Just like be a good football player and let it happen yeah. by and, itself. And, and it certainly, it, it, it plays to both sides with him too, because he's always been, he's always had that type of a personality, the, the kind of a provoking personality, and and it's it's come to it's come to affect him on the field with officials treatments and opposing players treatments. People know how they get into his head. The all these things are are the type of things that a guy like him at this stage in his career need to grow through. So, mm-hmm. either way, huge breakout game for him. Um, you know, to to get back on track. So, next topic is relating to you, which was a uh, tough one with the lock of yeah, the week. So unfortunately, and I'll let you talk about it. But uh, I I was in a pick'em for a lot of money, a ton of money. I won't say how much, but. Monopoly money. Uh, monopoly money. Stupid amount of money. Uh, and I picked the Steelers to beat the Dolphins. Dolphins at home. Probably it, it, it was a tough week to make picks. Uh, pick the Steelers. They yeah, lost. Dolphins stink. Steelers Dolphins are great. Dolphins stink. Steelers are great. Uh, Big Ben unfortunately needs surgery. 
looks like what might end his season Maybe, of yeah. what could be what could have been, I guess, an amazing season for Steelers. I guess still can you be. Know, but I'm willing to bet he his season's not over. I I read it wasn't like a like an ACL tear type of thing. Like I I read that it was actually a cleanup of his knee, like okay. draining some fluid and Good. things like that. But he's going to miss some time for sure. Yeah, and and it stinks because they do right now have all the pieces you want. They, yeah. I mean, they've they've finally getting their star wide receiver back. They've got they got Bell back. They got Bell back. They star running back back. They've got a great offensive line. Their defense is above average, and Ben Roethlisberger looked like he was about to have a full season with this great team. And it comes to uh, I don't know. It comes to this where he has to get surgery on on a not game-breaking injury yeah. it, it, I, I didn't see the injury see happen it. and it, it it doesn't sound like it's too damaging to his career but it's unfortunate that on a, on a, I mean I don't like the Steelers so it's not unfortunate for me but <laughs> yeah. I, you hate to see a team like almost like the Vikings like if they had stunk because they lost yeah. Teddy Bridgewater like it seemed like it was all coming together and then yeah. you don't get to watch what it was expected to be really good yeah um, so maybe I mean if they have a good backup Who's their backup? Uh, you know? Landry Jones. Landry, Landry Jones. Jones. So that's so they don't have a good backup. <laughs> um, but if he can maybe keep the ship afloat, keep him until, above water. Yeah. Until, the, AFC, uh, the AFC's got some ben weak teams. Back. I think that you know the Texans are sitting there at four and two with the Steelers. So those are teams you can compete with, even with a a backup quarterback. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steelers definitely have to step it up without Big Ben. So uh, speaking of quarterback controversies, yeah, big one. Dak versus Romo. So Dak Prescott, rookie. Oh, rookie of the year, unless you pick yeah. Zeke Elliott. Uh, actually, Zeke's going to win. Rookie. Actually, yeah. either way, I mean, they, they for, play off each other. Yeah, they, for, one is not the other. Zeke's going to be the award-winning rookie of the year, but Dak is is the more valuable rookie of the year. I Absolutely. Think. Um, and there's still, I mean, I I think it's becoming less and less of a controversy, but people still think, or at least Jerry Jones well, Jerry still Jones thinks the big problem. Here, Jerry yeah. Jones, the owner, still thinks that Tony Romo should be the starting quarterback when he gets healthy, whether it's. Week seven or eight, I think it's week yeah. eight when yeah. he comes back. Um, but Dak is playing unbelievable. The Cowboys are playing unbelievably. And I don't think, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious to the casual fan yeah. to say why would you stop? Why why would you if if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Like they're they're winning yeah. games and winning games and yeah. look like a good football team. Yeah, I, I mean, so for me, the I, I've always felt a little bit wishy washy about the uh, the notion that you can't lose your job to an injury. I think that there's a there's a there's a minimum bar that needs to be met before that applies to you, um, and, and to be honest, it's not that high. No, it's not that high. I, I think that you win one Super Bowl, I think that you have earned the right to not be replaced. I think Joe Flacco wouldn't be replaced by injury. Joe Flacco's not particularly great, you know. If he's Dak not Pres- elite. He, I don't think Joe Flacco's elite. Wow. If Dak Prescott was playing for Joe Flacco, I think Joe Flacco's job would be safe because he's at least gotten there and done that. Yeah. I don't. Tony Romo has not met that bar. I'm sorry. Tony Romo is is an undrafted quarterback who had had success. He he stumbled into a spot and he he became a good NFL quarterback, and that's all he is. He's a good NFL quarterback. And I know that it sounds ridiculous. We talked about this offline. This is to me. This is an extremely comparable situation to the Patriots in 2001. Mm-hmm. Drew Bledsoe in that year is to me. He's about exactly what Tony Romo is at this stage in his career. He's almost the same. He's a Pro Bowl. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback. I have air quotes going on. <laughs> he's a Pro Bowl QB who's got a who, who's been good. He, you know, he's been a good quarterback. He was the face of the franchise of a mediocre franchise. Like that's that's what he was and what he is. And you have a kid coming in rookie who the sky is the limit for. Like you just don't know what this kid can do. He's he's played phenomenally since he came in. You can't replace him because the your your the incumbent has not reached the point where he's irreplaceable. And 
I'm sorry. You, and, you, and the, you can't put the a The similarities that are that Brady did the same thing about the turnovers. He just came in, this, played safe football, didn't, didn't light tur- the world on didn't fire. turn the ball over, yeah. made a good team. Good running game, good defense, protected the football. Mm-hmm. This is what Dak Prescott's doing. So the thing that I love, and, and I, I give credit where credit is due, Brady was amazing at it when he was a rookie as well, but the fact that Dak Prescott, a rookie, isn't turning the ball over at not just – an alarming rate at any he's yeah. not turning the ball over he's yeah. just not doing it he's one fumble i think and he no finally, one is, finally threw a pick finally yeah. threw, finally threw a pick but i, I mean I, i'm a, the biggest james winston fan there is but he has eight picks and i'm like this is not how you develop a, yeah. a, a team camp this is not sustainable mm-hmm. like i don't care how how great your five throws are if you throw a pick every five like who cares i would rather you hand the ball off make a few dump passes and get your team in a chance to a chance to win um, and so that's what the Cowboys have. They have a great team around him, which is good. Great offensive line. Very good developing defense. Apparently a young stud at running back. You don't need a Tony Romo to come in there and be this quote-unquote elite yeah. quarterback and start making these throws, basically th- chucking the ball up to Des Bryant. Like, you don't need it. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, and I was on the record a few weeks ago, or last week, I forget, saying that I would trade Des Bryant. I was on the record saying that. I wouldn't trade Tony Romo. Um, so, so there's a difference between me thinking that Dak's the guy they and, and thinking they, to get rid of Romo. They wouldn't trade him though, because I think, and and again, I'm I'm making probably somewhat unjust comparisons to the Patriots back in 2001. Drew Bledsoe needed to come into the AFC Championship game when Tom Brady got hurt. He needed to come in here and beat the Steelers in the second half of an AFC Championship game. I think that Tony Romo will be needed at some point for the Cowboys. I do. I think, and, and I also think that that Dak Prescott is still a rookie. Like, like this kid's been great. This kid might start to struggle. You don't know. So the point is right now, there's no way you can say that Romo is going to start, but I, I think you just got to delay this decision as long as you can. I think if Dak Prescott comes out and has a below average game next week, Tony Romo will definitely start and they, and they will like to have started him. Yeah. If Dak Prescott has a great game, another great game, or at least a respectable game, we will probably still see Romo, but it will be—he'll have a very short leash, and that honestly, he'll throw two picks in the first quarter because he's Tony yeah. Romo, and that might be the end of Tony Romo's career, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time. I mean, I, I love, I love the the quarterbacks you kind of grow up with, but we put him in the same category as um, Philip Rivers or, or um, who's the stupid guy in the Bears, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, like these guys who are supposedly elite. And they, they perform well until it, they just can't get it done. And, yeah. and at some point, you need to cut your losses and go in a different direction, yeah. and these teams can't seem to do that. Yeah. And it's going to be tough because it's the first time that I've seen, besides the Patriots, I didn't yeah. I didn't grow up in that era, but watching the Patriots. Yeah. But it doesn't happen often. It doesn't it, happen yeah. often where you can actually say, all right, this is the future, but we still have yeah. enough time with our... Yeah. It's almost like the, the Peyton Manning, yeah, it's, Andrew it's Luck similar. thing. Yeah. Um, but they dropped Peyton at the, the wrong time. The circumstances time. were much different. It's like it's like if Andrew Luck was already on the Colts and it's like And Peyton got hurt. And, he got and, yeah. and, and if Peyton's injury wasn't so like question mark for his career. Like he had a neck surgery, like it's like is this guy ever going to be the same? You know, if it was like a a, a Romo injury where it's like he's going to come back and he's going to be the same. It's yeah. like do you move on or do you wait? I don't think they have to worry about Romo going to another team and winning a Super right. Bowl. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so I that's agree. and and that should be your yeah. your deciding factor if you cut up not yeah. obviously other team, but if you can't win with another team Probably can't yeah. win with your team. Yeah. My, move on. My, my prediction, my final prediction before we move on with this, I think that, so you mentioned if Dak goes out there and plays poorly, Romo comes in. I agree. I think if Dak plays well, because of what Jerry Jones has already said, 
I think Tony Romo is mysteriously going to take a little longer to recover. Mm. I think that's that's what we're going to be fed is that Romo's not healthy yet. That's uh, probably and, true. Until Dak starts to struggle. Oh, look, Tony's healthy again. Um, th- this is they're going to delay this as long as possible. So, which isn't a terrible, which is which is the which right, is not part, a terrible is, football strategy. No, that's the right to, to ride strategy. the Dak Prescott thing. And the thing is, it sucks because Tony Romo is the least clutch quarterback in the history of the world. <laughs> so it's not like you're throwing in a veteran who, as soon as things get tough, will take take the reins and hopefully finish the job. He's the opposite of that. Yeah, he usually does extremely well at the beginning of seasons. Has a few awesome games towards the end and then collapses when yeah. it really matters. Um, so unfortunately, that's not what they're in, in a normal situation. It would be great, kind of delay, 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 and and avoid the whole controversy in it in and itself right. until Dak starts to p- perform poorly and say, "All right, throw in Tony Romo. He's got the experiment experience. He's got the skills." Um, but it, in this case, he doesn't have the clutch factor. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, me too. All right, few few quick hitters before we move on. Uh, Andrew Luck still a bum. Bum. He stinks. Stinks. Um, Fal- and, and looks yep. like he smells. So he stinks and smells. And, yeah, and he still hasn't shaved. Um, and the Falcons uh, maybe imploding now. We talked about this before. No, not yet. Not yet. Not I yet. say a few too more games. Yeah, too way soon. too soon. Four. What are they? Four and yeah, two. They're four and two. Yeah, I say they implode at seven. And, seven and four. Seven and, and then four. they lose the rest okay. of the games. Yeah. So they, okay. Yeah, I'm with that. I can be with that. Uh, last note, Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi. This my, is you. You can brag about this. This one. was my deep sleeper pick. Yeah. Uh, so we had our, our three picks and then my deep sleeper. Jay Ajayi, backup running back for the Dolphins. Starting now. Starting now. Over 200 yards rushing, two TDs this week. Aaron Foster, who needs him? Who needs He's him? Done. Uh, if if you're if you picked him up at the beginning of the season, shout out to Kenny and kept him on your team yep. and started him. There you go. Finally you're, paid you're off. You're welcome. Finally paid off. So that's it. Any any other sports you want to talk about? No, I think I, we're good. No, hockey started. Uh, I gave hockey a shout yeah. out last week, yeah. uh, and it's just as exciting as always. Yeah, it is. It's um, great. So get on board. Hurry. I have a little hockey in my final drive, so we can get to that. Cool. Um, alrighty, time for the games. Let's do it. All right, and that brings us into our fun segment that we've been waiting for. So, so this is the first experimental game show that we're doing today, and this game is called Know Your Tens. Know your ten. Know your ten. So, so the, the the concept of this game, before I introduce our caller, the concept of this game is going to be that there is a top ten list, and this is going to be a recurring segment we'll do. And the contestant needs to nail the top ten using 15 guesses. See how many of the top ten they can get. I'm guessing like eight or nine is going to be really good in this game. I, I think no one's going to get top I don't ten of any. But we want it to be a challenge. Yeah. So without further ado, please welcome our guest, Doug Gregg, onto the phone. Doug, Doug how, how are you doing? Are you? Hey, good. Glad to be on this game show. Yeah. So, so Doug is joining us from the West Coast. So, how how, how does West it feel being on Coast. an East Coast podcast, Doug? Uh, it's you know, it's uh, it's a new experience. Um, you know, uh, it's it's always hard to be on a different time zone, but you know, one day at a time. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, making a big splash on today's game show. There you go. Right, so, so you gave that you gave that answer in perfect fashion because the subject that we are going with is the 1990s top NHL point scorers. So our task for you, you're going to have 15 guesses. Steve's going to keep track of your I'm guesses. I'm keeping track. That's my job. You starting when I give you the go. Uh, not not necessarily strictly timed. Just just talk through it. You're going to get 15 guesses to try to get the top 10 point scorers, not goal scorers, point scorers of the 1990s in the NHL. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. All righty. And so each each one you do, I'm going to tell you where in the list they rank if they're in the top 50. If they're outside the top 50, Steve's going to make fun of you. So Yep, I'm going to make fun of you. All righty. You, do, you ready, Doug? Uh, I think so. All right. Let's begin now. No, know your tens. 
Okay. Um, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky is number one on the list. Very good. That's Hot easy. start. Hot start. Um, That's easy. How about Mark, Martin Brodeur? Kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of goals. Um, bonus, okay. bonus points. Uh, Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux. Give me Mario Lemieux. Ooh. Wrong. Mario Lemieux is number 14. Just outside. 14? Can we move him up? <laughs> no moving him up. Move him up. He missed There's by no but problem. he missed by just 50 uh, 40 points it looks like he missed by. 40 points. Uh, Yager. Yarmir Yager is number 7. He's on the list. Correct. Um uh let's go Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman. Give me Steve Eiserman. Number 3. Nice job. Correct. So Steve, can we get an update? We can get an update, Derek. So, Doug has had four guesses and has three correct. You are on pace to crush this, Doug. Keep going. This is huge for me. Um, <laughs> I, okay, so I'm thinking Pavel Bure, but I think he didn't really make a splash until the early 2000s. <laughs> but I'm thinking he was the Russian rocket. I'm going Pavel Bure? Give me Pavel Bure. <clears throat> oh, he's not even in the top 50. Your gut was right. You idiot. Your gut was right. That was 2000s, I think. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Still three. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> um, oh, Peter. No. <laughs> no, Peter Forsberg, was, he came in early 90s. I think he was 92. Maybe Joe Sack. I know Joe Sackett came 90. Joe. It's a tough call. Let's go Peter Forsberg. Give me Peter Forsberg. No Peter Forsberg. Not even on the list. Not top 50. Not top 50, Okay, Doug. okay, 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 okay. Um, <laughs> okay, Eric Lindros, because that was pre-concussion. Eric Lindros. Give me Eric Lindros. Not top 10. Number 35. What? <laughs> what is all right, Steve, <laughs> Steve, can we get an update? All right, so we have an update for you, Doug. You're a little under halfway. You've guessed seven times. You have three out of ten correct. And I will say you have – can I give him a hint? Give him a hint. You have named – you have spoken the, the name of someone on the list but didn't outright guess them already. Okay, so I'm guessing, I'm guessing Joe Sackick. Is that going to be your guess, Joe Sackick? I'll go. I'll lock in Joe Sackick. <laughs> give, me, give me Joe Sackick. Yes, number four on ding, the ding. list. Number four. Yeah, he was. I have his rookie card. <laughs> I have his rookie there card. There you go. So four. At my parents' house. Um, so four for eight here. Okay, Joe Sackick. I can't. I, I. I. think you're lying to me about Mario Lemieux not being. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that's you're wrong. On that. um, okay, let's think. Sergey Fedorov. Give me Sergey Fedorov. <laughs> Number twenty-five, not in the top ten. I want to help you out by giving too, by giving team names, by giving team names. But they play on so many teams, it, yeah. it wouldn't be helpful probably to list yeah. out all the teams. Yeah, it's okay. You're still you're, st you're still in there. Still in there. Yep. Not you've, you're can at I, nine can, guesses. Can we do like a lifeline? You give me like push me in the right. I, I think I need a little confidence boost here. I like I need to find the vein of players that I <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think how I can give you a lifeline. Um, okay. I'm gonna look up. 
the number two score. Yeah, the number two score. The list of teams that they've played on. You certainly know this person. Are you ready, Doug? The list of teams and the number two score. We have, we have a break for a lifeline here. This mm-hmm. per, this The number two score in the 90s. His playing career 1985 to 2004. He played center, and he played for, the in order, the Detroit Red Wings, St. Louis Blues, Boston Bruins, Capitals, Flyers, Ducks, Oilers. He was born in Toronto. I got one more hint for you because I'm feeling sympathetic. Okay. He became a head coach later of a team that you like. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. You gave it away. You gave it away. Sorry. I apologize. this is easy. Adam Oates. Yes. Give me Adam Oates. Played for the Cats, and he played for the Bruins. He actually played on Bruins. Adam Oates is correct. Adam Oates is correct. Number two. All righty. Steve, give me an update. What's your stats? So you have... Five out of ten correct and five guesses left. We're going to let you, if you guess them correct, I'm not going to penalize you. Yeah, so you have yeah, five yeah. guesses left. Right, you have five um, wrong guesses left. You have five wrong guesses left. But if you get stuck, we're not going to help you as much as we are. Right, and we right. might just call it. Okay. Um, One I, guy. I know you I, know some of these oh, guys. Oh, okay, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, okay, going along the duck theme, our boy, Timu Solani. Give me Timu Solani. Ah, uh, number 29. Outside the top 10. This is a tough one. I, I mean, I, I admit, this is, a tough, this is a tough top 10. Okay. Can you give me a recap of the ones he has, Steve, the names? You know? so, sure. So the, the names you have, just so you can find the vein again, Doug. Wayne Gretzky, Adam Oates, Steve Yeiserman, Joe Sackick, Yarmir Yager. So that's one, two, three, four, and seven on the list. So you're missing five, six, eight, nine, ten. I want to say Brett Hole, but that could be. Give me Brett Hull. Brett Hull, number five. Correct. <laughs> I locked that in for you. I locked that in for you. I needed to. <laughs> All right, Doug, you've got six out of ten correct, which is pretty good. And you've got the top five. So we're looking at six, eight, nine, and ten is what you need. Um, let's go through the big teams. So Rob Blake was in point score. Mark Messier. He made a splash. Was he the play with Wayne Gretzky? Can we go Mark Messier? Let's go Mark Messier. Can you give me something? Oh. <laughs> Number 11. What? Mark Messier. Just Number 11. Just outside the top 10, Doug. Why don't you want... That's a half a point. Why can't we do top... top- Top 20. You want to know how many points he's outside the top 10 by? One. One. <laughs> that is horse. <laughs> that, should be, that should be a freebie. All right, so an update, Doug. You have guessed 11, 11 times, and you, you've you gotten 6.5 correct. That's pretty good. Okay. You know some of these guys. I know it. All right, I'll give you another another round of teams for the, for the last hint. Number six on the list, Doug, has played for the Buffalo Sabres, the New York Islanders, the Montreal Canadiens, the St. Louis Blues, the Dallas Stars, and the Colorado Avalanche. Drafted first overall by the Buffalo Sabres. Played from 87 to 2007. 87 to 2007. It's a long career. Buffalo Sabres. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-oh, Doug. We might have we, to we're start... Hitting a, we're hitting a wall. We might have to start throwing time limits on these. <laughs> running out of time. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. We, can, we can do this. <laughs> Okay, um, let's think. 
Uh, if I had to build a NHL team in 2000, okay, uh, okay, is there a Penguins player on it? Can I ask that? Is there a what? A Penguins player that yes. has not been named. Yes, there is. Paul Coffey. Give me Paul Coffey. Mm. Number 32. But there is a Penguins player in the top 10. Okay, I should, I should really stop yelling in the office. I've been cursing a lot. <laughs> and that's really unprofessional. Can I give you a hint? Yeah. One of these players, can I give the number? Is it, will that help? Sure. His number eight was retired by the team shortly after he left the. Oh, shoot, no. He played for the Cam Loops Blazers of Western Hockey League, and his number eight was retired by them. <laughs> and then he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins um, and had to play in career 1988 2011. Penguins, Flyers, Canadians, Hurricanes, Thrashers, Lightning, then Bruins. He played for Philadelphia. This might give it away, but I'm going to read it anyway. He played for the Philadelphia. He played for Philadelphia from 1992 to 1995 as part of the Crazy Eights line with Eric Lindros and Brett Fedik. We John might. McClare. John McClare? No. Not John McClare. Not John McClare. All right, Doug, you're at 13 guesses. Okay. No, no. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Let me think out loud. So, I can't believe Pavel Bure didn't make it. Um, team who didn't make it. <sighs> Should we put him out of his misery? We might have to soon. No, 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 don't, don't. Okay, uh, Jeremy Roenick. Give me Jeremy Roenick. <laughs> Number 15. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, Doug, you've got one last guess. One last incorrect guess. We're going to have to toss you out of here. You're gonna throw me out. Uh, gotta, kick you out. Is there an obscure guy there? Is there an obscure guy there? You know, like, like I'm gonna say semi. I would know, but it was... There's a guy here that you would know that other people wouldn't know. Yes. <laughs> Alexander McGillney. <laughs> Give me Alexander McGillney. Mm. Number twenty. Mm. Wrong. Cam Neely. Cam Neely. Give me Cam Neely. Mm. Not here. Not All right, you're done. You're cut off. All 16 right, Doug, guesses. I, I need to give you the answers to put you out of your misery here. You did um, spectacular. Th- by the way, that was great. You I mean, did really well. That's better than I than a lot I of people I didn't think you were going to even get tens. over half. Keith Kachuk. <laughs> give me Keith Kachuk. Mm. I don't see him. Hold on. No, he's not on here. All right, Doug, number six is Pierre Turgeon. Oh, my God. Number eight is Ron Francis. Oh, my God. Number nine is Mark Recchi, and number 10 is Theo Fleury. Okay. That hit him hard. That hit <laughs> yeah. Him. He's, that rocked him. Doug, that, that was a great effort. Um, um, can, can we, can we, can I say fake? Yes, yes. Can, okay, can we do like, okay, can I, how about this? <laughs> what I want you to do is pull up the 2001 Stanley no. Cup roster no. for the New Jersey Devils, no. and I want to see how many players I can name. No, we'll do that next week. We'll do that no, next we'll, week. We'll have that next week. We have to. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it, though. I, lo- I love it. because do it now. <laughs> I'll rattle them off. <laughs> Um, All right, Doug. Unfortunately, we cannot do that now. We are over time. Doug, thank you for joining us. And can you can you answer? Are you at work? Do you have like a job to do or something? Doug, can you? Are you at home making a podcast? You can't make time for me. Okay, (laughs) we gotta go. Doug, can you answer the age-old question for us? Is the West Coast is the West Coast the best coast? Uh, it's it's 
it's a coast. It's one of two coasts. So. <laughs> it's no, no less than second place. All right. Perfect. That's right. what I like to hear. Doug Gregg, our first ever contestant on Know Your Tense. Thank you, and you very did, much. You did, you did great, great, Doug. You, did great. you really did. Oh, I'm disappointed. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon, Doug. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. All right, so thanks again to Doug for a valiant effort in the first ever. Honestly, way better than Asuka. And honestly, was he was too hard on himself. Yes, he, he he really took that hard because the '90s NHL is is yeah. is kind of his calling. We may card, make so. the next one easier. Yeah, we should make the next one easier. But the next one coming up right now is not easier, and that's going to be for our recurring guest James Murphy, who we welcome back after quite a long hiatus. He hasn't been on in a while. Murph, up, Murph? What's going on? What's up? I'm back finally. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Murph. All right, so let me jump right it's been into too it. Long. Yeah. So Murph is a Giants fan, and we talked earlier about OBJ's touchdown celebration. So in honor of that, we have "Who Done Did It" is our new segment. New segment for today. Who Done Did It? And the uh, today's nature of Who Done Did It is going to be some of the most infamous uh, and ridiculous touchdown celebrations in NFL history, uh, particularly in the last like 15 years or so. And we will read what the player did, and Murph will try to guess what player that is. So there are a total of, let me just double check, I think there's seven here. We have seven ridiculous celebrations, and Murph will try to get as many as he can. And, He's and, playing for a prize. And here's a hint. They're all NFL players, and they're all NFL wide receivers. Yes, and about most of them are no longer active. There's a couple that are active. So, And they're all wide receivers, like Steve said. So, Murph, any questions? You good? I'm good. I don't know... Uh... I'll give it. I'll give it my best effort. Give it your best, and like we said, this is a difficult game, so you don't. You're not expected to ace this. You should get two of them. But you, you should definitely get two. You of them. should definitely get two of them, and you're playing for a prize if you can get at least two of them. So we'll we'll announce okay. that we'll announce that at the end. Here we go. Number one, first touchdown celebration in a Super Bowl matchup against the New England Patriots. This receiver caught a touchdown pass and proceeded to gesture, pulling down his pants and pooping out the football. He was fined eleven thousand twenty-five dollars. Murph, do you know who that is? Against the Giants. Did you say it was in the Super Bowl or no? Against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Oh, in, the in, in a oh. Super Bowl. In a Super Bowl. Um, I can't think. I'm just going to go with Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. Give me Terrell Owens. Incorrect. Incorrect. The answer is Doug Baldwin, actually, in the latest Super Bowl against the Patriots. Uh, I actually forgot about that. I totally didn't remember that at all. I can't but, even remember. I honestly yeah. can't even remember doing that so, happening. Yeah. All right. Here's here's another one for you, Murph. Playing against Plaxico Burris and the New York Jets, or New York, is it Jets or Jets? New York Jets. New, New York, York Jets. Jets in 2011. This receiver scored a touchdown and celebrated by pretending to shoot himself in the leg, reenacting the miscue that sent Burris to prison. He was fined $10,000 for this. That sounds like a great dance. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Ocho Cinco. Ooh. Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco. Give me Ocho Cinco. Mm. Incorrect. The answer Incorrect. is Stevie Johnson. And I will say those first two are probably the hardest two. I yes. Would say. They get easier. Um, so they do get a little easier from here. All right. Here we go. In the 2004 NFC wildcard game against the Green Bay Packers, this future Hall of Fame receiver scored a touchdown and proceeded to gesture as though he was mooning the Lambeau Field crowd. He was fined $10,000, and later, when asked how he would pay that fine, he famously answered, straight cash, homie. That is none other than Randy Moss. <laughs> Give me Randy Moss. Correct. correct. Randy Moss. The correct answer there. So wow. one for three. There we go. Well on the board. On the board. On the board. All right. Here's another one. In 2003, a game against the New York Giants, 
This New Orleans Saints receiver scored a touchdown, ran over to the goalpost, pulled out a hidden cell phone from it, placed a call, and he was fined $30,000 for this. Uh, is that T.O.? Give me T.O. again. <clears throat> Incorrect. That one was Joe Horn. T.O. is a safe... Okay, I have no, I have no <laughs> idea who that was. <laughs> I was not watching football in 2004. <laughs> T.O. is a safe bet. T.O. is a safe guess all the time. All right, here we go. Uh, in 2002, this receiver scored a touchdown and proceeded to take a Sharpie out of his sock and sign the football. The same receiver also scored a touchdown in Cowboys Stadium as a member of the visiting team before sprinting to the Cowboys logo at midfield, standing in the middle of it with his arms held out, looking up to the sky, to the heavens. He was fined $29,000 for these two touchdown celebrations combined. And as a bonus, he also took a fan's popcorn and dumped it into his face mask after a touchdown. <laughs> Murph, do you know this one? I know this one because I've said him, him already twice. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Terrell Owens. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Two on the board. Uh, Two on the board. You you knew he was going to be on here, so at least one. Exactly. So, here's another famous one. This receiver scored a touchdown in 2009, and upon reaching the sideline, he proceeded to don a sombrero and serape while high-fiving teammates on the sideline. It was in regards to his not-so-genuine heritage, which he changed his name for. Um... And I've mentioned him already today, and he's the second guy that everyone would think would be on the list. Ocho Cinco. <laughs> Give me Chad Ocho Cinco. Correct. Chad Ocho Cinco. How many, is that four? Is that four That's from Earth? Three. Three from Earth. That's still pretty good. Yeah. Great success. They got three. That's not bad. That's honestly. three. Still you, got, one more. you got one more. You got one more. The last one. After scoring a touchdown in 2005, this receiver proceeded to change the diaper of the football and wipe its butt as if it were a baby. What a legendary dance. That, that one doesn't come to mind. Um, this one's hard. Still, as a hint, he's still active. Still an active NFL receiver. Still active. And this was in 2005. This was in 2005. So an old guy. So he's old. Steve Smith Sr. Give I have me, no idea. Give me Steve Smith Sr. Correct. Correct. Big, what? big money, Murph. What? Big money, <laughs> Murph. Through. Wow. That was so, a complete guess. <laughs> so Murph hits four out of seven. Wow, very That's impressive. good. Impressive. Impressive. So I guess now everyone's wondering the, the lucky, prize. That's the lucky Irish right there. <laughs> so everyone's wondering the prize that Murph won. I need a drum roll, please. Are what you is excited, Murph's prize? Murph? Murph, are you excited? I'm so excited. Here we go. What is Murph's prize? Drum roll, please. It is Murph gets to be a guest on the podcast to talk about Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Murph, thank you so much for playing, and we will have you on the podcast to talk about Westworld. Thank right, you very much. Right now. Awesome. Can't All wait. right. And now, introducing James Murphy to talk about Westworld on the podcast. Murph, how's it going? It's going great, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's it, been too long. <laughs> Good to have you back, Murph. Good to okay. have you back. Uh, so, that brings us to the last period. We're going to do a quick Westworld recap. Uh, nothing too intense, but. We do want to get Murph's opinion on this because yes. he's our TV guy and we haven't had him on in a while. So Steve and I talked about Westworld last week and how it made us feel and all this other stuff. So first, I'm going to just leave it as an open question to you, Murph. What are your thoughts on Westworld? We haven't gotten it so far. We're three episodes in. How does this show make you feel and what are your thoughts towards it so far? This show makes me feel tingly inside. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm having a great time watching it. It's one of those shows where I love getting to deep dive into like the Reddit boards to 
review possible theories and things I may have missed in the episodes and the character development, like inside that people smarter than me have figured out that uh, <laughs> I love reviewing sell yourself short. To, to feel to, to feel more educated about the show. But I think the production value and the acting and kind of the storyline that's been portrayed over three episodes has been intriguing to me. And it's something that I've enjoyed coming back to every Sunday night. All right, Murph. So tell me this in your in your deep Reddit dives. I have a hot take, and then I have an explosive hot take, and I want <laughs> I want you to hear them both and tell me what you think. My hot take, right. and may not be even that hot, is that someone we think is a human is a robot. That's my hot take. That someone someone one of the people actually in the an, an employee an employee of Westworld of of this whatever culture it is is a robot. But we don't know it. But we don't know it. And they they either I, they either do or don't know it. I honestly don't think that's too hot of a take. On my Reddit deep dives, I think <laughs> a lot of people out there have also kind of come up with a hypothesis or theory that someone who we think is a real life human being is in fact not and is a host. Okay. And so I think it's I think that's a medium to lukewarm take. All right, Steve, you ready for my explosive but take? The, the hotness explosive would be who do you think? is a host well, out of the, the people, the unsuspecting guests. Well, let me give you my explosive take, and I think this is the one I'm going to stick to. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Everyone except Ford is a robot, and he's built this place for his own enjoyment, and he's built it almost like Inception to where there's the world that exists and then the people running the world that don't exist too. So everyone's a robot except him, and he's created them all. That is definitely an explosively hot. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. And I could, I could totally see that possibly happening. Yeah, just like a super uh, mega twist. It's one of those shows where you expect something crazy, and we haven't been led in any direction yet, so it could be true. It could very well be true, and it could very well be completely entirely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true, I guess. I agree with Murph. <laughs> so Mur I think, I, I think that there will obviously be somebody turn out to be a, a robot or whatnot um, unfold, but I, I don't think they're going to go so far as to say the entire world that we've, you know, contributed or, or spent, you know, 10 hours upon is entirely fake except for, you know, the one creator. I think right. that it seems like it's kind of a stretch. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. But, I mean, it's got to be a stretch to be an explosive hot take. So, so Mur Murph, do you have any hot takes or any explosive hot takes? And where do you think the show goes from here? Well, one of the hot takes I've read is that the, the compound itself doesn't exist on planet Earth, but instead is on a different planet. Have you guys heard of that hot take? No, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem relevant. <laughs> Because, like, with the ge geographical size of the world that these people exist in, on our current planet, I'm not sure exactly where we can, you know, fit that <laughs> fit in. That. That, that's a hot that's take. That's a very realism take. Yeah. It, I mean, you never know. Because that... during, during the scene with Bernard and his wife, they were talking about how hard it was for them to get a connection or to communicate. So possibly, oh. maybe. Hmm. That, I'd be very upset to, if that was the twist. I mean, that's another just explosive hot take. <laughs> um, 
what I think I have a theory going forward. This is more tame, but I think the the conversations between Bernard, who is like Ford's right hand man, and Dolores, who is um, guest number three or, or the main female guest. I think those conversations uh, and analysis can provide you know some good foreshadowing to what's to come. I think in this past episode, when Ford and Bernard were talking about how Bernard's son had died and, and Ford was warning uh, Bernard to not um, to not give in to the system that he's created and to believe that the the hosts are actually real people, I think that might kind of foreshadow what Bernard's end goal is. I think Bernard is... I think one day, since his son has died, I think he's possibly looking to maybe bring back or recreate his son's image or likeness into mm. uh, a future host. Ooh, wow, I like that. That's a good one. I like that. Um, but I think he's waiting. I think he's testing Dolores' consciousness and her her you know likeness to actual human beings before committing to creating his, recreating his ah, son. Ah, that makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. So I, like I think, so the maze that we've heard a lot about, right. um, there's a theory that the maze is a type of Turing test. And I know you guys are aware oh, yeah. what Turing yeah. test is based off your, based on your coverage of um, that movie. <laughs> uh, You're right. You guys, well, well, Im- imitation game. The imitation yes. game, right. So do you know what the Turing test is? It's how you tell a computer. It's the test to yes. tell a computer is a computer, whether or not it's human or not. Right. So, so basically, if it's indistinguishable from from human beings, I think that the the, the maze is going to be kind of the Turing test for the hosts. So, mm. if uh, if a host can get through the maze, then perhaps you know that's them passing the Turing test and will be indistinguishable from from human beings and then Bernard will then commit to recreating his son. That's a great That's take. My theory. I like that take a while wow. because they've alluded to that with, with Dolores uh, in these like previews and stuff. They've alluded to Dolores being free, the maze. being free if she can get through the maze. Yeah. Like they basically alluded to that. I like that. And then that being the bar that is set for right. Bernard. I, I, I like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm, I've gathered from my first three episodes watching. Also, nice name drop of the Turing test. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, A plus. Yeah, I don't know if that if that was your own thoughts or them Reddit diving, but either way, well, well done. I've obviously come up with all of these theories on my own. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, Murph, three episodes in. Obviously, we're we're a little early to do this judgment, but so far, what's your Murphy's mangoes or Murphy's? Is there another mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. Murphy's mashed potatoes. Butter, butter and mash, right? Murphy's, yeah, right? Murphy's mashed potatoes. Gravy or not gravy? These are. It's definitely, definitely on the gravy side. I'm gonna give it Murphy's mashed score of an eighty. Ooh, eighty. Okay. So there's definitely room for improvement. I'm, I'm a pretty good. I'm a pretty easy grader. You know, if oh. you if if you take my class, you know, you're gonna the curve is going to be towards the higher side. But, but, um, <laughs> Good to know. But 
I think there's definitely room for improvement, but I'm intrigued and I'm still kind of captivated by what's to unfold. So we'll see if my score goes up or down, you know, with the remainder of the season. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the same wavelength as that. I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this 82 dragon fruits. Ooh. So I'm, I'm going, I, I want to shoot in the nineties, but it's too early. It's so early. I'm going to say 85, 85, 85. Nice. So Murph, any, any parting thoughts before we uh, close up and, I hope you've enjoyed your prize that you won. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I, I just have two <laughs> random facts for you. All right, let's hear them. The first, you know, the one of the workers in the in the in the maze, Stubbs, is played by Chris and Liam Hemsworth's older brother Luke. Yes, yes. we so did. So the dude know. who saw the guy's neck off. Yes. Yeah. Is it Hemsworth? How random is that? Oh, that whole family. <laughs> That whole family are filled with good-looking Australian dudes and good <laughs> actors. Who knew? And who can act? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Wow. Man. What 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 a what an all-American non-American family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. What's the next one? Oh, and then uh, fact number two: Have you guys seen the Truman Show? Love yeah, the yes. Truman Show. True. Yeah, Truman Show is an all-time classic. If if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's one of my favorite movies. So just a cool comparison between the Truman Show and uh, Westworld is that Ed Harris, who plays the man in black oh, yeah. in Westworld, hmm. played a similar role, creator-like role, as Anthony Hopkins does in Westworld. So in the Truman Show, Ed Harris was the creator That's right. of a very hmm. similar type of environment where the world was fabricated but instead of yeah. everybody being, you know, able to experience the world, it was designed for Truman, um, and he had no idea that, you know, that he was living in in a in a farce. Right. And it's right. an awesome movie. Love it. Kind of, it nice. kind of makes me that the Truman Show and this show kind of make me think sometimes, like, oh, is this all like fake? Are we living yeah. in this? Well, that was our first you know, prefabricated. Yeah. World. That was yeah. our first question that we were going to ask you, but we skipped past it. Is are you questioning your reality yet? I question my reality every day. Oh, wow. <laughs> deep. <laughs> Very deep. Can't compete. So deep. No, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously the center of my own uh, Truman Show. <laughs> you're crushing it, Murph. Yeah. We're all, we're all watching. This movie's great. The Murph. You, you, guys, you guys are all acting in, in, my, in, my, in my show. Yeah, why else would you be on? We don't, exactly. We only do the podcast so you can listen and be on it. Yeah. I, right. I feel like you so would have noticed that by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah, I mean, do you guys have episodes when I'm not on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't listen to him. I, I'm not even real. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> does not does not compute. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Murph, and great job on the on the uh, Who Done Did It first yeah. ever edition of Who Done Did Good It. Good job, great Murph. You, you done did it. You done did it, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Peace. All right. So thanks to Murph and Doug for being our guests on our first run around of this yeah, game that show. Was I fun. Like it. I think it was, was fun. fun. Yeah. We, I think we got to tighten it up a bit. Yeah, but we do. We do. That's obvious. Think, so the timer might have to go in. For we next might have time. to put the timer in. Um, but uh, still a very good successful. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's get some more ideas coming through. Let's throw some ideas at us. All right. Yeah. Moving on to final drive. Final drive. All right. I'm going to go first. Go. Go All for right, it. Cool. So final drive. I went to Salem this weekend, Salem, Massachusetts, uh, well known for the Salem witch trials and also overall just 
real real world Halloween town. Um, spectacular place. If you've never been, you still got about two weeks while it's cool. I would say if you can go to Salem in October, it's such a cool place that the whole town basically turns into, I'm not even joking, a Halloween town. Every corner is a haunted house. Every corner is a witch museum. It's very, it's weirdly touristy, but in a good way. Everyone's dressed up in costumes. There's a bunch of dogs and babies and, and people out. Everything's dressed up in a costume. It's not overly scary. It's more just a celebration of Halloween. It's really, really, really cool. So if you like Halloween, there's no better place to go than Salem, Massachusetts. It's an easy ferry ride. It's about 20 bucks from the harbor. Um, nice, less than an hour ferry ride. Or you can take the commuter rail, and if you get the uh, direct train, it's about 30 minutes for six bucks. You really can't beat it. Um, the Bucks and BC had a bye week this week, so I got to just pick whichever day I wanted to go, spend all day there, grab some pumpkin beers, and hang out in Salem. It's a really cool time, really fun time, especially in October. That's and, my final. And no drive. losses, zero losses, zero losses this week so. for my teams. <laughs> um, so my final drive. Uh, quick video game review. Every once in a while, I'll do this. Uh, NHL 17. So been playing the trial version for a little bit, uh, full version, but on EA Access, like kind of the last one I was mentioning. For a few years, I've preferred the NBA games over the NHL games. Uh, as far as the overall, you know, not like not just like playing with your buddies. NHL is always going to be the best for that. But mm -hmm. as far as the to total video game package, the franchise mode, and all that stuff, NHL 17 stepped up. NHL 17 is very good. I haven't played NBA, so I can't compare it yet. But one of the coolest features about the NHL 17 is the total creation you can do from scratch of like a franchise. So you can create your team your jerseys your your logo your arena like down to the color of the railings and the aisles wow. like like ridiculous sounds uh, unnecessary <laughs> very very unnecessary um ridiculous creation mechanism you can like set what your goal songs are when the when you score a goal and like all this ridiculous stuff um so so that's fun it's fun it's it's little cool little creation mechanism and uh that coupled with the the game engine that's been phenomenal for years and is still phenomenal and is still getting better i think it's trending toward the realism, which some people don't like, um, but it's not so far. It's not to the point where it's overly real. You know, you know, NHL games being overly real is annoying because every goal is like a deflection and like things like that. It's the right amount from what I've seen so far. So for me, two thumbs up. I recommend it. Uh, and I think it's it's a strong consideration to get that one over the NBA game for the first time in a few years, I would say, even though I haven't played the NBA game yet. So are you going to dragon fruit it? Dragon fruit it. I'm going to give it 91. Wow. 91 Dragon Fruits. Certified, Certified Pattaya? Yeah, Pattaya Colada. man, that's tough. So, that's there you go. That's I mean, NHL's a great now game. Now we got to buy it. It's NHL's above 90. A great game. Yeah, it's true, true, true. So There you go, NHL 17 review. That's it. That's it. That's it. What a fun episode. What a fun episode. Yeah. Long, exhausting. Long. It'll be it'll be trimmed down a little. We're, we're going to throw it. We're going to edit the crap out of it. Yeah, You're going to edit the I'm crap gonna out get, of it. I'm, my goal, if, if this is over an hour, then it's a disappointment. Hopefully wow. I can get this under an hour, but we're over an hour recording. Definitely. So, yeah, yeah. But I can. I think I can. We can get this down under an hour. Good luck. Hopefully. Not uh, if we keep talking. Please, please don't be discouraged if you see that. Yeah. Well, why don't we just send it over an hour? Might as well. No. So anyway, uh, that's it. Fun episode, and we will continue to do these fun stuff. Later days. Fun stuff, so goodbye.